We're given day off so that we can honor those who gave up their life so that we can enjoy the privileges and the things here in the United States of America. So today, in honor of all of these men and women, I want to share with you this morning about living a sacrificial life. I hope everybody brought their Bible today. I see a lot of people did not bring their Bible today. Thank you for holding up your Bible back there. I understand some of you may have your, your Bible on your phone or something like that. Uh, that's okay too. But you should always bring your Bible to church. In fact, if you open your Bible up to Romans chapter 12, and we'll read verse 1. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Romans 12, verse 1. It reads as such. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, we believe as we look into your word, and God, as we meditate upon your word, we believe that your word will transform our thinking. God, we believe that we will leave this place not the same, but we will leave change because of your word. Father, I pray that every single ear will be attentive to your word today, Lord. Bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So my, th- my question is to you, that what is, what is uh, the first thing that comes to your mind when you read that verse? What is the first thing that comes to your mind? Is it fear? I know it used to be, for me, it used to be fear because I had the impression that maybe God would send me to some kind of remote island where I had to live in some kind of grass hut or something like that. <laughs> Living sacrifice. When in fact, God is just simply giving us a command to live sacrificial lives for his kingdom. In fact, if we look a little farther at this scripture, the Bible says that God wants us to be living sacrifices. So God is saying to us that if we are breathing, And if we are living, we ought to be doing it for the glory of God. I think to probably better understand this verse, we probably would have to look at another verse. And we will look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And we'll read verse 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll read verse 15. 2 Corinthians 12, 15. 
So I will gladly spend for you everything I have and expend myself as well. If I love you more, will you love me less? I believe all of us would agree that Paul himself was a great example of someone who lived a sacrificial life. I don't think I would probably get any argument from anyone there. But we can see very clearly that what it really meant to be, to have a sacrificial mindset. Notice what Paul says. He says that I will spend, I will expend everything that I have for the sake of the Corinthian church. Paul wanted to pour out every ounce of energy, every ounce of his time, every ounce of his material things. Paul was saying, I want to spend them upon you, the people of God. And if you notice at the end of that verse, he says, I love you more, in other words, than, than what you love me. Isn't that interesting? Most of the time, people who spend all of their time loving people never hardly get any recognition in return. But they spend all of their time giving to the people of God. I believe that is the true measure of someone who has a sacrificial mindset. It's to be able to expend all of their energy, everything in their life for someone else so that the kingdom of God would be expanded. Today, click, we're going to walk through some principles that we can see clearly that those who live sacrificial lives should have within their lives. And I believe that if we want to talk about sacrificial living, I believe we have to go back to the Old Testament and we have to look at sacrifice in itself. How did they do it? What processes in which they went through to be sacrificial or sacrificial offering? And I believe that in order to be able to look to find some good principles, I think that we should be looking at the book of Leviticus. Because it talks in the first seven chapters about different offerings in which we need to, or the people had to do. So let's go to the book of Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 1. Leviticus chapter 1, and we'll read from verses 1 through 9. Just a little quick plug here. Leviticus comes simply from a Latin word in which we get of the Levites. So it was a book that was talking about sacrificial offerings that the priests, who were the Levites, had to conduct. And if you want to give an overall picture of the book of Leviticus, wrapped up in two aspects, it's talking about the sanctity of God and the holiness of God and how that is 
a worship, a worship to him at least. So when we look at the book of Leviticus, let's look at some principles in which we can take from here to help us as we live our sacrificial lives for the kingdom of God. The Bible says in the first verse of Leviticus, the Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting. He said, speak to the Israelites and say to them, when any of you brings an offering to the Lord, bring as your offering an animal from, from either the herd or the flock. If the offering is a burnt offering from the herd, he is to offer a male without defect. He must present it at the entrance to the tent of meeting so that it will be acceptable to the Lord. He is to lay his hands on the head of the burnt offering and it will be acceptable on his behalf to make atonement for him. And just for the sake of time, read on down to verse 9. So we're talking about sacrificial offerings, and particularly the burnt offering. The burnt offering was the offering that was used the most because it was a daily offering, an offering for atonement of sin and an offering for worship to God. When we look at verse 1, we see that where is this conversation with Moses happening? We see that this conversation with Moses is happening in the tent of meeting. In the tent of meeting, why? Because that's the place in which God would meet with Moses to give instructions to the people of God. Flip it forward to our day now, because we're not meeting in no tent of meeting now. But flip it forward to us today. We're meeting as a local church. God has put pastors and elders into the local church to look into his word and be able to preach his word to his people. So today, I'm going to preach God's word to you on how you can be a sacrificial offering for the Lord. Second verse we see here in the book of Leviticus. Verse 2, it says, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When any of you brings an offering to the Lord, bring as your offering an animal from either the herd or the flock. What you want to do is ask yourself, where is this offering to come from? Where is this sacrificial offering to come from? The Bible says here it, is, it should come from the herd or the flock. Notice how this translates to us. How does this translate to us? The Bible says that God calls us the flock. We are the flock of his pasture, in other words, the Bible says. So, we, being the flock, should be these offerings to God. So, we should not be, you probably have seen in your life where some people live a sacrificial life and they go off into some remote place and they hide and so forth. That's not what sacrificial offering is talking about. How can that be as such? Notice that he's talking to a herd or a flock. So we're talking about many people. Or in other words, many cattle, many herd, many sheep, many goats. So therefore, there are many people in the family of God. So therefore, the sacrificial offering or the life of a, the sacrificial life is to be spent amongst God's people. 
It's not this thing about a Christian being a Christian loner, being, a, being someone on your own and you do it on your own. How, who are you sacrificing for? You're sacrificing for the people of God. We can see this very clearly in the life of Jesus. The pastor read the verse at the very beginning. He said in John 3, chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world, the Bible said he gave his one and only son, or he, some, some translations say he sent his one and only son. To do what? Just be amongst the people? No, he sent his one and only son to die, to give up his life for the people of God. Jesus, when he came into this world from heaven, he came and he lived amongst the disciples. And you know what Jesus did? He poured out every ounce of his life. He gave everything in his life to me and you as a sacrificial offering. So in turn, me and you, we are the people of God who are sent into the world for God to give up our lives for the people of God. Are you giving up your life? Are you holding back on some things? Jesus, he gave everything because he was an offering, a sacrificial offering for the people of God. You ought to ask yourself, when was the last time that you thought about someone or you, you gave up something that was so precious to you so that somebody else can be, so that the kingdom of God can be furthered. When was the last time that it made a real hurting to you to put out maybe a large amount of finances to do something special, like revival service, like Many things that we can do to spread and proclaim the gospel. When was the last time he heard it? The Bible calls us not to reach the standard that we lower down. The Bible calls us to reach up to God's standard. And we should be the offering. And we should gladly, as Paul said to the church in Corinth, gladly spend ourselves for the people of God. Not only should we gladly spend ourselves or be spent ourselves amongst the people of God, but the Bible tells us in verse 3 that if the offering is a burnt offering from the herd, he is to offer a male without defect. So the, if I want to live a sacrificial Life, I must be spent amongst God's people, but not only be spent amongst God's people, but here it tells me that if you look at the word without defect, it simply means to be complete. And it simply means to be mature, in other words, mature. So what is it saying to us? that a sacrificial life is lived by a mature Christian. Very, very difficult for me to say to my son, who is a young boy, very difficult for me to say, Isaiah, 
Are you willing to give up your ice cream for someone else? No, absolutely not, Daddy. I'm not going to give up my ice cream. <laughs> He's not going to hesitate. In the, same, in the same way. Very hard for us if we are very young in our spiritual walk to want to give our lives up, to be spend our lives on someone. Very difficult for to do that. That's why Paul said to Timothy when he was planting the churches, he says, when you look for elders, someone who are going to spend their life on the church, he says, don't get a recent convert. And the reason why he says don't get a recent convert is because he or she may become puffed up. That's what the scripture says. So you find yourself when you're being asked to spin yourself and you're getting a little bit upset about that, you need to check your heart. God calls us to live sacrificially for people. And he wants us to come to that point. Oh, I'm just, I'm up here saying this to you. It doesn't mean that I'm there yet. I'm going now. I want to go there. But God wants us to live sacrificially. He doesn't want us to always be so focused on ourselves. In fact, Paul says this exact same thing in verse, in, in chapter 4 in Ephesians, he talks about how the pastor talked about it this morning, how the fivefold ministry ought to mature these people so that they will become these ones who look like Christ, talk like Christ, and so forth. And then in the very next chapter, God, chapter 5, verse 27, God, when talking about marriage, relates his, Jesus' marriage with his church to the marriage that we experience here on this earth. And he says to him that Jesus is coming back for a church that has no blemish. He's coming back for a church that is mature. Jesus is going to come back and see a church who is living sacrificially for others in this society, in this world. Oh, we have excellent practice. We have excellent practice to live for others in the family of God. We have excellent practice. We should be living, expending ourselves, using our gifts, using our talents for others. Laying down our life, as the scriptures say, for one another. We're living sacrificial lives. It should be one who is mature. The Bible says in verse 3 also, it says, he must present. He must present his offering. Notice that he must present. It's not as though God is forcing you. In other words, if we want to live sacrificial lives, someone that lives a sacrificial life, understand that is voluntarily. It's a free will. But the problem with that is that a lot of us as Christians take advantage of that and we don't become responsible for our responsibilities in which God gives us. We just might as well just pay the check, stick it in the offering, and then have nothing else to do with God for the rest of the week. No, that's not sacrificial living. God wants us to sacrifice 
for one another. And it's a voluntary sacrifice. You remember in Matthew, in Matthew chapter 9, boy. Matthew chapter 19, I'm sorry. Matthew chapter 19, we'll read verse 21 and verse 22. Matthew chapter 19, verse 21 and 22. Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions and give to the poor. And you will have treasures in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Obviously, we know the story. The young man comes to ask Jesus, how can I get eternal life? He says, I have done this, X, Y, Z. I've done all of these things. And Jesus says, if you want to live sacrificially, go and sell everything you have and get to the poor. Now, if you notice something here, Jesus is not, I don't believe, and I think that many will believe that Jesus is saying that if you are wealthy, you cannot live a sacrificial life. I think what Jesus is getting at here is if we have something in our life that is going to cause us to be hesitant in moving forward and doing his will, we need to get that out. Or we cannot live sacrificial lives. I mean, can you imagine? This young man went away sad because he was thinking that, ooh, Jesus, if I sell all that I have, I'm going to be poor just like these people. No, that's not, that's the wrong interpretation of that. God is not telling every single one of us to do that. What he's, what he's trying to say is that everything that you have in your life as a believer is not owned by you. When you became a Christian, now everything that you have in your life is owned by God. And he just asks you to be a good steward of it. So many times people don't want to, you don't want to give out the tithe, don't want to give out the offering. You're holding back. You're not living sacrificially for God. You're still living, holding on to things. You're still thinking about yourself. You remember at the very beginning I said Paul, the, the, the scripture said that Paul, he loved them more than they loved him. That's the exact mindset of this, the one who is sacrificial. He puts himself aside so that others can advance, so that the kingdom of God can advance. Ooh, some of you probably said, wow, I'm not there yet. Thank God you, you joined the party with me because I'm not there yet. But we're going to together move forward to, and be able to get there. Amen. You got to have a desire to want to get there. But the problem is that a lot of people don't want to have that desire. They just want to stay where they're at and live a mediocre life. I don't want that. I want to be one that is extraordinary. We have so many today who are living lives and is only focused on themselves. It's about time for the Christian crowd to be the people in which God has called them to be, living sacrifices. So we can show the world that God is able to change our hearts 
that God is able to do something in, inside of us that we are willing to let go of everything that we own. And we are willing to choose from our own free will to serve him. Huh. Must be pretty hard. Huh? We never told that it was going to be easy. Last thing that I would like to say before I close here. Verse 4 says, in Leviticus chapter 4, I mean, Leviticus chapter 1, verse 4, it says, He is to lay his hand on the head of the burnt offering, and it will be accepted on his behalf to make atonement for, his, for him. When living a sac- sacrificial life, it is important for others to touch us. He laid his hand, the priest laid his hand on the head of the sacrificial animal to identify with that animal. To, let, to, to also understand that he was sinful as well too. And it was a way for the priest to show some humility. And if you look at Jesus' life, Jesus never set himself above anyone else. He dealt with the sinner. He dealt with the believer. He didn't set himself above anyone else. He put himself in a place to where he could be touched by all people. If we really want to live sacrificial lives, then we can identify with the non-believer and we can identify with the Christian. So therefore, we need to put ourselves in places where we can be touched. By them. You need to think about it. Do you always just find yourself hanging out with Christians? Or do you also find yourself hanging out with those who are non-believers as well? We need to be put ourselves that we can be touched by them. I'm not just talking about physical touch here. I'm talking about some perfect examples. And I know many of this, some of this has happened to you before. You're so, you're busy getting your job done. And someone that may be a little bit insignificant call you in between. Oh, um, I got to go because I, I got to go. You feel there's an interruption. Jesus never felt like that. He never felt that when people came to him, he was interrupted. Because he knew that he was a living sacrifice. He had come to sacrifice for all mankind. I'm saying that to you because sometimes when I'm trying to study here and then get in phone calls constantly, easy for me to think that, wow, interruption here. No, I think I, I, think I have a change of mind. I think interruptions are God's divine appointments for us to set aside our own agenda and getting connected with God's agenda. So I told you that. Are you allowing yourself to be spent by God? Are you sharing everything in your life with those who you're sitting right by right now? Are you willing to lay, give yourself up for those who you're sitting by right now? Are you allowing God to mature you into this person 
to where you're willing to live and lay your life down and serve the people of God? Are we those ones who are willing to say, hey, God, here I am. Use me whatever you can, whatever way you can, God. I've dismissed myself from trying to be owner of my time. I've dismissed myself from trying to be owner of my finances. All that is not mine anyway. It sure is God. I wish I could go on, but I can't. So I'm going to end right there. And I'm going to end by saying this. You remember the scripture in Acts where the Bible said that David served the purpose of God in his generation. And then the Bible said that David fell asleep. He died. Acts 13. Are you living to serve the pur purpose of a God in this generation? Are you living to serve your own purposes? We want to be ones who take the example of those who have died in the past for, for these freedoms in which we have. They gave up their lives. Jesus himself, the ultimate example, he gave up his life so that all of us could freely be able to come into the presence of God without feeling guilt or shame. He gave up his life. Are you willing to give up yours? Are you willing to allow God to use every gift in your life, every talent in your life for his purposes? I pray that that's your desire. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, that we can be able to worship you and serve you. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, I know that there may be many here that are like me. Lord, I feel this. They're not till to that point of laying their life down, putting others before themselves. Father, I acknowledge and I admit that, Lord, I want to be there. And I know that these brothers and sisters want to be there as well. I'm asking, God, that by your might, Lord, that you would help us to become these living sacrifices. Ones who would allow you to take everything in our life and be spend it upon your people, God. Ones who would God turn loose of everything and become Lord, just only stewards of that which you have given us. Oh, Father, help us, God. Lord, we are crying out to you today because we recognize that we can't do this without your help. Lord, we know that from Scripture, we can see that 
when we die to our own self. Lord, we can see that the kingdom of God is advanced. So I pray that there would be many who would live sacrificial lives in this place today, O oh God. Who will be willing to give up, Lord, their comforts, their own pleasures. God, so that someone else may come to know you, Lord. Oh God, we give you praise today and thank you for working on us. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. I don't want to close without extending an invitation to anyone that may be out there and say, I want to live sacrificially, but where do I start? Starts by you saying, Lord, I recognize that I'm a sinner and I need to be forgiven. And Jesus will open his arms by forgiving you and invite you into his family. And then you start to live a sacrificial life. Today I would like to pray for you if you would like to make that decision. And I would like to also pray for anyone that may be have aches in your body. I'd like to also pray for those in the midst today who would like to be volunteer yourself. Say, hey God, here I am, send me. Father, for anyone, Lord, that fits into that category, I pray for them today, God. I pray that they would yield to you, Lord, for those who don't know Jesus, I pray that they would make a decision today to acknowledge him as their Savior. For those who are a little tentative about responding to your call in their life to be sent, to be spent on advancing your kingdom, I pray that you would give them the faith to make a decision to run after you, Lord. Father, and for those who are in our midst today who are having situations in their bodies, ailments that are causing problems, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that your healing anointing would flow in their bodies today, bringing healing to every part of their body, and that they would be whole in the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you thanks. Today, we have lunch, and I'd like to invite all of you here for lunch. And I'd like to ask that maybe turn to the person that's beside you and say, brother or sister,
We're in it together. And we're going to serve God to the end. Tell somebody that you love them. Again, please stay for lunch today. Also, before we leave to go and prepare for lunch, I'd like to just remind all of those who are care group leaders and so forth, remember we have a meeting today right after lunch today. All of those care group leaders and so forth. God bless you. Love you. Good to see you, Chief. Vanjie, good to see you. Praise God.